Abimbola couldn't control herself as she was burning up with the desire for him to touch her. Where that came from, she didn't know. Moments later, his lips were on hers and she couldn't stop him. Her heart was beating fast before she knew it. They were both on the floor, his hands and mouth exploring her whole body in ways no one ever had and her body betraying her by clinging to his every touch. About an hour later, a phone rang. It was Kay. He apologized for not being reachable because he had to switch off his phone as he was entering the emergency ward at the hospital and he was on his way back. He wanted to know if she was still at the venue of the dinner and she said she was. When Kay got there, he saw Fred and thanked him for staying with her till he got back. He noticed something was wrong. He noticed that Abimbola had been crying. He asked her if she was alright and she said she was. Not wanting to push it, he dropped the subject and reasoned that she was only tired. He opened the door for her to hop in and as she was about to enter the car, he saw a stain on the tip of her cloth that looked like blood and he tried not to guess what might have transpired between her and the guy with her while she waited for him. And the guilt that gripped him was great. Kay dropped off Abimbola in a friend's hostel but couldn't stop thinking about that day until finally Abimbola told him what had happened. Kay kept telling Abimbola to tell Tim but every time she tried, it was harder than she imagined. When I got to Sharon's room, Abimbola was telling Tim. I quickly washed up and lay down beside her. She explained to Tim. I was walking with Sharon one day after my final paper when Fred wouldn't let me be. He wanted to talk to me at all costs, but I wouldn't give him audience. Sharon told me someone was yelling my name, but I ignored her. When she would not let me be, I shouted at her to do me the favor of hearing what the person had to say for me and that I would be waiting for her in her room. Then I left her standing and I guess Fred told her to beg me that he was sorry. Tired of sitting, Abimbala stood up to stand by the door. Then she continued, I had to tell her because she kept pushing me to tell her because she was sure it must have been something serious for Fred to be close to tears, begging her to plead with me to forgive him. I had to tell Kay afterwards because he sort of knew but he didn't want to ask me, she finished. So, I didn't deserve to know at the time, Tim wondered, and then asked her, why did you decide to tell me now? I couldn't live with the guilt of not telling you. I know it would break your heart so much and I was buying time so that I could do so at the right time, Bimbala replied. Tim thought for a while, then asked her one thing he knew but wanted to be sure of. So, it was your first? Yes, she said. Do you love him? He asked again. I don't, she replied quickly, disappointment filling her voice. It was just a one-time thing and I tried not to see him after that day. I swear, that's the only time it has happened. I love you. You are the one that has my heart. I know I've messed things up and I'm sorry. I would understand if you want nothing to do with me anymore. I don't deserve you. All I need is just your forgiveness, Tim. Please forgive me, she pleaded. It's true that men don't cry. But there and then, Tim broke down in tears. He had trusted Abimbola and now he was not sure he could do so anymore. The most painful part was that his trust had been betrayed, thrown all over his face. He was grateful that she told him, although it was hard and he was working so hard to forgive her. Now Abimbola was already sitting on the floor, her back to the door. Fresh tears flowed unrestrained from her eyes as she saw how broken Tim was, with his eyes flowing freely of tears. 
Things stood from where he was and moved close to where Bimbola was on the floor. He stretched his hand to pull her up from the floor but she cowered, thinking he meant to hit her. He was disappointed that she would even think that he would hit her. He pulled her up, coming here you foolish woman, you think I would even hit you? He said and embraced her as they both sobbed together. I'm sorry, Tim. It was all a mistake. It just happened. She wanted to go on and on to explain how sorry she was that it happened and how she would never see Fred anymore. Shh, he hushed her, patting her back. He pulled her away from his embrace and led her to the bed where they both sat facing each other. He then said to her, Bola, it's hard. I cannot promise to forgive everything you've told me, but I can walk on forgiving you. Oh, it's hard, but I will forgive you, that's sure. I love you, Abimbola Cortez. I do. I really do love you, no doubt, and I still want you. He drew her into a deeper embrace and tried to calm her down. Thank you, Timothy. I love you too. I promise I won't, I won't do this again. It will never happen again, she said, grateful. It was just like yesterday. And Tim remembered that time like it was yesterday indeed. It was hard, but he started to trust Abimbola again. Then she went for service. All seemed well while she was away at Zamfara. Although, it took a while. They started talking almost every day afterwards, until she became too busy for him. He felt that because of the stress of NYC and all the activities she became busy with, she couldn't talk to him like they used to. One day, two months later, a call member, Terry, a Delta boy, who relocated from Zamfara to Ibadan, came to serve in the company where Tim worked. And while he was with them, he saw a screensaver and said to him, Bros, you serve no this babe. Terry talked freely with everyone, and out of curiosity and knowing that he must have camped in the same place with Abimbola, being that he also served in Zamfara State, he asked, I know how, did you meet her in camp? Hmm. Bros, I over me tap safe, he said with his worried accent. Two of my paddy them, they chop palm. Scratching his head, he said, I must chop palm safe too, but <clears throat> I just changed my mind. The girl just lose anyhow. Tim was shocked. When he thought the worst was over, it only waited for the right time to resurface. Sensing that something was wrong, Terry asked, Bros, you there okay? I'm fine, Terry. He knew he couldn't and shouldn't ask, but the inquisitiveness in him would not let it slide. Tell me, your friend, did they relocate like you or they are still there? Relocate? If I hear relocate, maybe she won't relocate though. But my guy Freddy, sharp guy, he no relocate. He ranted on. Wait, did you just say Fred? Tim asked. Yes, so. Freddy know they waste time, on top say, he liked the girl and he talk say them get chemistry before. Plus, the girl like I'm small, what's in a worry me be say, the girl get one guy for area. She go they follow that one talk every time and the poor guy go they think say she truly like him. Sharp girl, she they chop my guy, they deceive another one for house. Terry chattered on innocently in pigeon. Tim no longer listened. That was when he put two and two together. He realized that the same Fred had been posted to the same state as Abimbola and the affair had continued. He blamed himself for being so stupid and allowing his love for a girl as foolish as Abimbola to let him be this stupidly in love. The next time they spoke on phone, 
He asked about Fred, and she didn't deny it, neither did she affirm it. In the end, one would say their relationship ended in the most unbelievable way. On phone, well, it had been a long time coming, only that Tim didn't see it. Anyway, that was in the past now and Tim had moved on. He wondered how Abimbola was doing. He knew he shouldn't care, but he did. He had gone for his master's in communication and had moved to Lagos on getting an offer as the managing director of a media house. He was thankful to God that he didn't take Abimbola home to his mom, hence breaking her heart. He looked out of his glass window and could only be grateful for how far he had come. The sky was blue and the sun was shining brightly. What else could be described as a perfect day? Right now, meeting his personal assistant as soon as possible was the most important. His company had put out a vacancy for a PA for him. And the company they outsourced the job to had gotten a candidate who would resume in that day. And he was wondering why she wasn't there already. He already had an issue with the fact that they got him a lady. Did he have to put up with the late comma too? He quickly walked to his table and wrote something down on his to-do list. He would be off work as soon as she arrives and they meet her. He didn't know if he would be in the office the next day. He busted the intercom for the secretary while he sat down waiting for her to knock on the door. Yo, thank you for staying throughout that episode. I am super, super excited. Do check in for the next episode of Reflex on Tuesday, same time, same station. See you on the next episode. Do take care of yourself.